Welcome to Casting Hope, a sermon podcast of Hope Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Ohio. My name is Joe Hack, pastor at Hope, and we are so glad that you are listening in. We would love to connect with you in person at our Sunday gathering. In the meantime, we hope this message points you to Jesus, the reason we gather. Last year, the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres stood up to address his colleagues. But as his words were coming out, he realized that he was reading the wrong script. Which is like, I have dreams like this, by the way, if you want to know. Uh, Last week, we looked at the Apostle Paul's life story. And we saw how he was handed a script early in his life. And like the Secretary General... Paul was all in with this script. But on his way to Damascus, if you remember, the risen Jesus says, Saul, you've got the wrong script. And let me hand you the true one. The truth is, as we looked at last week, we are all living from hand-me-down scripts, whether we admit it or not. But Jesus If our trust, if our empty hands of faith are laying hold of Jesus, then he hands us a new script to live by. And so life of growth is really a process of rooting out false scripts and returning and replacing them with the true script of God. And I think this can change the way that we look at the New Testament letters. It's tempting, I think, to reduce the New Testament letters in our Bibles To an encyclopedia of theological ideas. But Paul's letters I want us to think about this summer are counter scripts. The early communities of Jesus, in other words, were living out their hand-me-down scripts. And Jesus gives them a new script. But friends, old scripts die hard. And so Paul had to write letters reminding them of their new script. And the same is true for us. Our old scripts die hard. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Paul's letters from a high view. But I want you to see them less as a theology textbook and more as a counter script. This morning, we're looking at Galatians, Paul's very first many think letter. And it's an urgent letter, and it's a raw letter, because this church that he's writing to, this community of Jesus followers, is not just a little off script, but way off script. They are, to quote verse 1, chapter 5, if you have your Bibles open with me, they are turning away from God. They are turning away from God. And the scary thing is, this letter is in our Bible. For a reason, because we too are always in danger of the same thing. We might think that we are reading and living off of the true script. After all, we're here in church this morning. We're checking maybe some of us all the right theology boxes. But before we know it, we might be totally off script. But before we find this out, let's just pray briefly, Lord. Would the words of my mouth, would the meditation of all of our hearts this morning be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock, our redeemer? 
Lord, by your Holy Spirit, we need our hearts to see Jesus so that we would actually see him as more beautiful than even the best thing, the best gift that you could give us. We need our affections to be on Jesus. We need our desires to be on Jesus. We need to, in other words, encounter Jesus in his truth and beauty this morning. We ask for that miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I recently got a mass email from a fitness trainer who, re, uh, who shared his secret to longevity. That's, the, that's, that's what we all want, right? Longevity. And it's just five things. And most, as I read those five things, were unsurprising. They would be unsurprising to you. And therefore, they were very uninspiring. But there was one thing out of that list of five that hooked me and my personality. Walk 10,000 steps a day. If you want longevity, you walk 10,000 steps a day, so says this fitness trainer. Now, I'm a rule follower, okay? That's who I am. And so the hard number 10,000 immediately entranced me. And the familiar feelings of a rule follower started to rush in. So first of all, shame, because I wasn't walking 10,000 miles a day. And second of all, I felt a rush of a challenge. Okay, now I can walk 10,000 miles a day. And then a rush of hope. If I walk 10,000 miles, not miles, steps, steps a day. Wow, that's a huge difference, by the way. If I walk 10,000 steps a day, then I will be okay. I will be okay if I just do that. That rush of hope. Now the reason... That this had such a grip on my soul and on my heart and on my imagination is because it is the script that has been handed to me. One of our cultural scripts is a simple formula. If I do X, I will be okay. This script here is reinforced by social media influencers, by commercials, and yes, fitness trainers. <laughs> if I do X, I will be okay. And there are so many variations of this same script. So in the health world, if I eat X, I will be okay. In the beauty world, if I wear X, I will be okay. In the romance world, if I date X or marry X, I will be okay. In the planning world, if I accomplish X, I will be okay. In the wellness world, if I avoid X, I will be okay. In the religious world, if I perform X, I will be okay. Endless variations, same exact script. If I do X, I will be okay. This is the script beneath all scripts. Which means you can be the most traditional and conservative person in your apartment complex and share the same exact script as the most progressive person in your apartment complex. Like how the original Toyota Highlander shared the same basic car skeleton as the Toyota Camry. Look very different, but they're actually the same thing. They're actually the same thing. The same thing underneath. And the same is true with this script, friends. If I do fill in the blank, 
I will be okay. The only thing that changes, of course, is what you put in place of X. That's what makes this look different, but actually be the same. If you're secular, the X is a whole set of actions and tribal markers. If you're traditional and religious, the X is a different set of actions and tribal markers. Two different tribes, same exact script. If I do X, I will be okay. Now you might ask, what's the problem with this? Well, because it is centered on our performance, it does three things, I think, that makes life worse for everybody, ourselves included. The first thing it does is it grows our pride, like mold. If we are okay, fundamentally okay, because of what I do, because of what we do, then we are the heroes of our story, and that makes us proud. I am okay because of me, and that means I matter most, and that helps pride grow like mold. It also builds walls. So this script right here reinforces us them thinking, doesn't it? If you are okay by what you do, then you team up with other folks who do what you do. And those who don't do like you do become them. And they become threats to your okayness. Your okayness. I'm borrowing that word from David Zoll. The third thing it does is it generates shame. This script, I think, generates shame. So if you are okay because of what you do, then when you fail, you are a failure. It is hard to detach failure from identity when you are okay because of what you do. So someone wants to find our cultural moment this way. And I've been thinking about it ever since. In our cultural moment, everything is permitted and nothing is forgiven. Everything is permitted and nothing is forgiven. So shame is going to hit everybody eventually. With this script. This is our script. But I want you to know that this is not unique to our hypermodern cultural moment in the West. It was the same in ancient Galatia as well. This is a human script. In fact, people way smarter than me are pointing out that our cultural moment today has a lot of overlap with the ancient paganism of the Roman Empire. And one of those overlaps is with the scripts that we live by. So their default script was virtually the same as ours. If I do X, I will be okay. And so the divinities of their day just reinforced this script. So a couple examples I've heard. Giving birth was like profoundly dangerous. It still is. Without medicine as we have it, it was even more profoundly dead, deadly even. And so if you want a safe, deliver, safe delivery, you do X at the temple. Harvesting crops was often life or death. And so if you wanted a good harvest, you just did X at the temple. Now, Paul, the apostle, was a missionary to folks who were living by this script right there. And in Galatians 4, verses 8 through 10, he says this. 
before you Gentiles. Those, that means those who were born outside of the vineyard of Israel. Okay, Those who were non-Israelites. He says, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves again once more? This verse tells the Galatian story in three stages. So stage one, he basically says that they were enslaved to this script. If I do this, I will be okay. And then they were given a new script in trusting Jesus. God knows you. And we're going to talk about that. But sadly, they were returning to the default script. If I do X, I will be okay. Yes, they removed worship of so-called gods from the script. But they just put new stuff in it, in its place. And, and, and Jesus-y stuff, like religious stuff, stuff that, that Paul calls the works of the law. Circumcision, diet, calendar. Same script. Just a Jesus-y veneer. It reminds me actually of cornhole sets. Okay, stay with me on this one. So you can get a cornhole set with your favorite team on it. Many of you have these, right? They're sitting in your garage, maybe gathering dust. So you can get a cornhole set with your favorite team painted on it. Same game, different veneer. Well, the cultural script, do X to be okay, used to have Greco-Roman gods painted on it. Okay? And now it just has... Jesus painted on it, but it's still the same game. If I do X, I will be okay. But that's not our script anymore. The true script is this. If I am in Christ, I'm okay. If I am in Christ, I'm okay. Now those two words, in Christ, say everything in this letter of Galatians. The church is defined as in Christ. Our freedom is defined as in Christ. Our faith itself is, just, is, is located in Christ. Our justification, this word that simply means the opposite of condemnation. Our, when God looks at us, we are declared righteous. We are not just cleansed of our sin, but we are actually clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Why? Because we are in Christ. God's promised blessing to Abraham is, according to Paul, in Christ. Our adoption into God's family by grace is in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. And our life of love is profoundly rooted in Christ. And so the story of Galatians is really just a story of scripts. Think of it this way. Their cultural script, if I do X, I am okay. The gospel script, in Christ I am okay. And then the Galatian script, if I am in Christ and do X, I am okay. Do you see what happened? Do you see what happened in Galatia and why Paul is so concerned? When you add Christian things to the old script... It's still the old script. Paul says this is akin again to turning away from God. As it's been said, addition is subtraction when it comes to Jesus. 
I'll say that again. Addiction, I'm sorry, addition is subtraction when it comes to Jesus. This is true in marriage, especially our marriage to Jesus. I know someone who had to listen to her husband say, I love you, I just love someone else too. That didn't work for her. And it shouldn't. And it doesn't work with Jesus either. When we add even great things to Jesus, we show our cards. It's the good things we really love. And that's the old script. If I do X, I am okay. If I do X, if, I, if I'm in Christ and I do X, I am okay. Then the, the, the add-on there, the X, whatever that is, is the old script. Cropping up again. See, we are in a battle of scripts. The old and the new. Uh, one pastor compared the struggle to a professional athlete who uh, transfers mid-season. Transfers teams. Now, many of you know I love Liverpool Football Club. We recently transferred a player named Darwin Nunez to come to our team. And he was expected to instantly gel and to just right away take off. But he didn't. So he wore the red. He wore the red. Okay. But he didn't play like a red. And everybody got disappointed. Including me. (laughs) What he needed was a coach to remind him of his new script. His status was different. But he was still going off the old script. And that's Galatians. Galatians is basically this. Return to the true script. Return to the true script. In Christ. I am okay. Don't base your okayness on anything except Jesus alone. So two things to wrestle with this as a community this morning. The first is this. Root out the default script. Remember the default script. If I do X, I will be okay. Find it in your life and root it out. Many of you are planting gardens right now. Anybody? You're planting gardens right now. So you find the weeds, you find it, and you root them out. And that's what we're doing now. Galatians invites you to root out the old script, wherever it is in your life. A couple of ways to do this. I think, first of all, just notice the warning signs on on the dash. Okay? Notice the warning signs that you are off script. That you are off script and you are living by this script and not the true script. So Paul noticed warning signs in his community. So they were, to quote verse 1 of chapter 5, they were burdened by a yoke, a yoke of slavery. They were burdened. This community was burdened. They were, according to uh, chapter 5, verse 15, they were biting and devouring each other. According to verse 26 in chapter 5, they were conceited. They were provoking one another. They were envying one another. There was jealousy. It was just rampant in this small community, this small Jesus community. According to chapter 6, verse 8, they were giving a real uncritical yes to every desire that they had. In verse 9 of chapter 6, they were weary of doing good. So they were weary. They were burned out. And in verse 14 of chapter 6, they were boasting. 
And they were bragging. And they were finding their confidence in something besides Jesus. Now these are all warning lights on the dash of our life as well. When you see biting and devouring happening, when you see conceit pulling up, when you, when you start giving uncritical yeses to every desire, when you grow weary of doing good, when you are boasting all the time, or when your confidence is in what you do, these are warning signs on the dash that underneath the hood, we are living by this script. What are some other warning lights to pay attention to? I'm too worked up about something good in my life. Like my kids' grades. I'm too worked up about it. I'm too worked up about their safety. I'm too worked up about their health. Or maybe I'm too bored. I'm too bored with simple abiding in Jesus. I crave more. I crave maybe an emotional experience or an intellectual experience. I'm bored. I'm bored with Jesus. Maybe I'm measuring maturity as a Jesus follower apart from fruit of the Spirit. And we'll talk about that. So I'm measuring my maturity based off of church attendance or leadership positions or followers on social media or academic advancement, whether that's official or unofficial. Sometimes we measure maturity simply by holding on to, I think, unpop, like unpopular doctrines. Like, I, look at me. I'm holding on to an unpopular doctrine. Therefore, I am mature. Maybe we're only confident in our tribe, the people who think like us. People who share our convictions. And so, and so when I'm outside of that tribe, whether it's at work or whether I encounter it in my neighborhood, it throws me way off. Maybe I'm noticing judgmentalism. Maybe I'm noticing jealousy just stirring in my heart towards others. Maybe I'm unable to shake failure. I just can't shake it. It's like a rock in my shoe. Maybe I'm super reactive to change. Maybe I'm super reactive to perceived opposition. You're like way knocked off balance. Maybe I'm just religiously exhausted. I'm weary of doing good. I think these are all just rotten fruits of this script, friends. They're all anchored in our okayness being rooted in what we do. So notice them. Notice these warning lights and treat them as such. So to root out, I think, this old script, we need to notice these warning signs. I also think we should ask good questions. We need to interrogate our souls a little bit. Interrogate our motivations. Investigate our interior life just a little bit. And so we can ask this question along with the apostle. What is my boast in life? So your boast is your confidence in life. Okay, so let's say you think the Buckeyes are going to win the national championship next year. Anybody? Okay. 
I see a hand. Yes. Um, your boast, and if that's you, your boast is Kyle McCord, the new quarterback, we think. Why? Because that is your confidence. That is what makes you say with confidence this is going to happen. Now, in your life, we all have a boast. We have a boast. It's whatever is in that X. That is our boast because that is our okayness. That is what makes us settled. That is what enables us to rest in our mind or in our heart. That is what enables us to feel confident that tomorrow is going to be okay. Whatever our boast is. And so we need to ask this morning, friends, what is that? And the apostle, he just says this. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which... The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. That's chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. So the default script right there, that encourages boasting in self. But the new script says, boast in the very thing that saves you. That is, in a way, an anti-boast. Because you're not boasting in yourself, you're boasting in the fact that you are resting and relying on your Savior, not yourself. What is your boast? That's a great question. To wrestle with this week. What is your boast? What is your confidence? Another good question we could ask ourselves is this. Am I free? Do I feel free to spend myself in service to others? See, the problem with this default script up here is that it makes us selfish. It makes us sort of uh, selfish. And when we are living for ourselves... And when we're living in the confidence of ourselves, that just drains our batteries like that. Or in the words of the Apostle, this is chapter 6, verse 2, we think that we are too important to help someone. Well, the true script gives us freedom to serve. You, my brothers and sisters, Paul writes, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so the freedom that we have in Christ is a freedom to love others. And so a great question to ask if we're living by this script or the true script in Christ, I'm okay, is if we are just uh, able or we feel free to spend ourselves in love. And if we don't feel free to spend ourselves in love and, and helpfulness towards others, if we don't see the vulnerable people in the room at all, that it might be because we're living off of this default script. It's a great question to ask yourself as well. Am I free to love? Another question we could ask is this. Is my growth in Christ, is it external only or is it also internal too? So the fruit of the Spirit grow like fruit. It's been said inside out or invisible to visible. And that means we need to pay attention to our internal life. It matters. Chapter 5, verse 22, Paul refers to fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. Now, as I'm saying these, and some of these may be familiar to you, just, okay, imagine for a second placing those letters, these, these, this fruit of the Spirit in that X. It doesn't work. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. These are not things you can just plug into the default script. These are things that God, by the Spirit, bears out in you. And so are you measuring your growth in external ways only? Or are you also paying attention to the fruit of the Spirit? 
Another question you could ask is this, am I burning or burnt out? I'm told uh, that burnout is not so much a function of overactivity as it is, we could say, living by the wrong script. If you play a fundamental role in your settledness, then you will burn out. A related question we could ask is this, do I find rest in Jesus or theological truths about Jesus? Let me say this, we are not saved by an idea. We are saved by a person, Jesus. We are not called to abide in these sort of ethereal ideas, but we are called to abide in Jesus. Now, of course, we want to believe true things about Jesus and true things about the world that he made. And so truth is important. I think our church and our tradition is never at risk of downplaying truth. Can I get an amen? Okay, so what I need to do is I need to ask the question, is my rest, is my soul rest in Jesus or theology about Jesus? Do you see the difference? See, truth is important, but the, and the Galatians have the truth. They saw truth vividly as if on a placard, Paul says in chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 1. But Paul tips his cards when he says, I am in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Chapter 4, verse 19. That is what we need most, is formation. Christ formed in you, and that cannot come from this default script. It only comes from abiding in Jesus. And lastly, we could ask this question, what role does the Holy Spirit have in your life? And I ask you this question because as I was reading Galatians to prepare this message, I was just thunderstruck by how central the Holy Spirit is to Paul's letter. And I've preached through Galatians before as a pastor, even here at this church. I've preached through every single verse of this letter. And I have to tell you, I missed the Holy Spirit in my preaching. I mentioned the Holy Spirit, of course, but I missed how central God the Spirit is. How central. We're Trinitarian, friends. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This script is spiritless. There is no Holy Spirit in this script. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 18 times in this letter. By my count. We receive the Spirit. Chapter 3, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 14. We receive the Spirit as a sheer gift. We begin the Christian life by means of the Spirit. Chapter 3, verse 3. We are given the Spirit. Chapter 3, verse 4. We have the Spirit of the Son. Chapter 4, verse 6. Who cries, Abba, Father. Chapter 4, verse 6. Through the Spirit we wait. We walk by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We grow. I'm quoting scripture. We grow by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. We grow by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. We keep in step with the Spirit. And we aim, verse 6, verse 8 of chapter 6, we aim to please the Spirit. Is there Holy Spirit in your script? 
And so let's return, friends, to the true script. And replace the default with the truth. In Christ, I am okay. See, we root out the old script by noticing the morning lights of the noon of this morning, by asking good questions, interrogating our inner life, and figuring out where it is that we actually have our trust. But we don't just root out, we also have to plant, we also have to return to this script time and time again. If Galatians is any help to us, it is simply this, that we are prone to turn from God and go our own way, even when we love Jesus. We just add things to it. We just do the addition thing. And so what we do is we return to this simple script. Return to it this morning. In Christ, I'm okay. In Christ, you are not condemned. In Christ, you are not condemned. Our sin condemns us to judgment, okay? But the answer to this condemnation is not something that you can do. It's only something that Jesus can do. It's actually something that Jesus has done. The law is not based on faith, Paul says. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Everyone who is hanged on a tree, okay? So what Paul is saying here is that if you are going to live by the old script, if I do this, I'm okay, then that is going to end in curse. Because you cannot perfectly obey the Lord. But if you entrust yourself to Jesus who does in our place, if you entrust yourself to Jesus who did as a second Adam, live a beautiful life of love, a beautiful life of service, and a beautiful life of righteousness, when you entrust yourself to Jesus, you can actually rest because in Jesus there is now therefore no condemnation. In Christ you're God's child. So in Christ we're adopted into God's family. We stand to inherit all that God promised. Abraham. And so chapter 4, verse 21 says, Tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know actually what the law says? The scripture says that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. And he's using this analogy to say, the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of the promise. And so what Paul is basically saying is there's two ways to live, performance or promise. You live by performance or you live by promise. One is inherently the old script. One is inherently the new script. We are in God's family. We are adopted in God's family. We can cry out, Abba, Father, because we are in Christ. That is all we need. And we can get off, as one person put it, the performance treadmill. And in Christ, friends, you can really change. So for a book, it is all about removing self from the equation. There's an awful lot of change in this book. It's amazing. Remember, Paul is like in labor, pains of labor until Christ is formed in us. Until Christ is formed in us. There's formation in this letter. There is hope for change in this letter. So what gives? Well, it's one of the paradoxes of the gospel. When our okayness is in Christ, that is how we change. That is how we change. When we stop trying to earn our place with the Lord, and we, as Andy Colbert puts it, 
try softer. When we, as P. Cazera puts it, relax into the love of God. By entrusting ourselves to this Jesus. We change. We change in ways that maybe we're not even aware of. And is there effort in the Christian life? Of course there's effort in the Christian life. But as it's been said, effort and earning are two different things. And we can be strenuously walking with Jesus and still resting in the script. Is your rest in Jesus? Two scripts. Two scripts. One brings freedom. One brings enslavement. Which will you choose this morning? Which will you choose? Lord, we choose the script that Jesus hands us. If I'm in Christ, I am okay. I'm rescued from the penalty and power of my own sin. And I'm given a new path that brings life and freedom. And Lord, I get a new mission. Bless others with the blessing that you're given me. And so we now entrust ourselves in return to this script. Which is to say, we return to you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray this. Amen. Thanks for listening in. For more resources like this and to learn more about hope, please visit our website at hopechurchcolumbus.com dot org.